Okay, everybody, uh, today we're going to be talking about Sicario, Day of the Soldado, or as it's also known, Sicario 2, a 2018 film directed by Stefano Salima and written by Taylor Sheridan. Obviously, this is the sequel to the uh, very, very well done and highly regarded 2015 film Sicario, um, which was directed by Denis Villeneuve, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, some of the cast are back, and some of the cast are notably not back. Um, the movie really stars Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin reprising their roles from the first movie. Jeff Donovan, who plays uh, a CIA agent and has a small but memorable role in the first movie, is back, again repli- reprising his role in the character whose name is Steve Forzing. Taylor Sheridan wrote this first film and also returns to write this one. The director of the first film is not back, and Emily Blunt is not back as well. Emily Blunt was a key factor in the success of the first film, but the way that her character is handled, I think it would have been difficult for them to bring her back, and I'm not surprised, A, that Emily Blunt passed on going down this road again, and B, uh, that they decided to move on in other directions without her. The movie opens with... Uh, Border agents catching uh, several uh, people at the U.S.-Mexico border trying to enter the United States illegally. One of them is an Islamic fundamentalist who, when confronted by border agents, uh, blows himself up as a suicide bomber. Uh, This is closely followed by multiple people blowing themselves up at what looks like either a Walmart or a Target, prompting fear of uh, Islamic fundamentalists and terrorists coming across the U.S. border. This prompts uh, the Secretary of Defense, played by, believe it or not, Matthew Modine, um, to ask Josh Brolin's character, Matt Graver, to essentially get dirty on the border to try to stop the flow of terrorists across the border. He uh, then seizes this as an opportunity to enroll his old friend, Alejandro Gillick, the Benicio del Toro character, um, into essentially a false flag operation to get the cartels fighting with each other to take some of the pressure off the border. I have to say that this is a bit of a stretch uh, in terms of what's believable. It's not exactly clear how starting a fight between two cartels is going to stop the flow of Islamic fundamental terrorists across the U.S. border. But that's the story, and they're sticking to it. Um, They do a couple of cross-border operations, one of which culminates in them kidnapping the daughter of a head of a cartel. Now, for reasons unclear, she is then brought to the United States, where they then engineer a false rescue operation so that she does not realize that she has been abducted by Americans and not by a rival cartel to her father's. It is at this point that the movie starts to kind of go off the rails and the plot becomes increasingly convoluted. I was paying rapt attention to this movie and there were several twists and turns that made me not say, whoa, but more like, whoa, what? Um... If you are going to do a complex, convoluted spy, espionage, slash CIA, slash counterintelligence caper, like this movie is trying to do, you have to, I think, give the audience a clear path to follow. And for example, Ronan does this very, very well. Ronan takes lots of twists and turns, but they always make intuitive sense to the underlying story. Uh, Sicario, the first film in this series, also goes through several uh, tonal and directional changes um, 
but you stay with it. Here, there are two or three key moments where I think as an audience member and an enthusiastic and interested audience member, I found it difficult to stay with and or follow, or it felt like they were making big leaps and expecting you, the viewer, to simply nod your head and go along for the ride without actually questioning whether this makes the most sense or not. I'm not going to give away a ton of what happens in the second half because that's where most of the spoilers are, but suffice to say that the second half is really uh, more of the same uh, only uh, to a larger extent. The last half hour of the movie features uh, several scenes that are extremely difficult to swallow, as well as changes in attitudes or behavior of very established characters uh, completely away from what we have seen them do before. Um, and I have to tell you that this was a big letdown for me. I was very excited for this movie. I feel like it's been kind of a lackluster summer without a lot of big films to go see. I was really looking forward to this. And uh, this was really not what I was hoping for. Again, uh, did I have a good time? Sure. Did I eat all my popcorn? Sure. Did I get a good drink? Sure. Was it a good way to escape the 95-degree heat where I live today? Absolutely. Um does it have the zip and pizzazz of Sicario? The first one, I don't think so. You could ask a couple of questions and you could wonder aloud why this movie doesn't have the same punch or oomph as it the first one has. First, I think definitely um, there is a little bit of a sense that we are going uh, boldly where we've gone before. Um, the movie looks and feels very similar to the first movie in terms of lighting, editing, and cinematography. The cinematographer for this film, Darius Wolski, does a very capable job of aping the work of his predecessor, Roger Deakins, who handled the first movie. I think that the strongest uh, feature of the whole movie is really uh, James Brolin, sorry, Josh Brolin, who plays uh, CI agent Matt Graver. He has a sort of uh, flinty-eyed, I've done it all, I've seen it all, my morals were checked at the door about 20 years ago, um, kind of tone in this movie that's very, very interesting to watch. And there's not a lot of uh, characters we see like him in the movies these days. Um, I like the way that they don't give him a backstory, and you really don't know much about him. And you, the viewer, are really left... Uh, to paint any background you want for him. Benicio Del Toro is also very good as Alejandro Gillick, largely reprising his role from the first film with very, very little change to the way that the character is done. Uh, we don't learn much more about his background than we learned in the first movie, and there's a little bit of a reiteration of some of the key plot points in his background. In contrast to uh, Josh Brolin's Matt Graver, Benicio Del Toro's Alejandro Gillick has a little bit more dimensionality to him. There is a sense that he is more of a thoughtful person, even though he is more than capable of holding his own in the scenes uh, of intense violence uh, that the world, that this film and its uh, predecessor inhabit. Matthew Modine, who I've liked since uh, Full Metal Jacket, um, has a small role as uh, the Secretary of Defense. He's not incredibly memorable, although uh, it's good to see him on screen again. Catherine Keener uh, has a small role with just two or three key scenes where she plays essentially... Uh, Josh Brolin's boss that he has to deal with. And uh, Isabella Moner uh, plays Isabella Reyes, the young uh, girl who is the daughter of the drug lord who is um, 
a central character in this movie. I think that she does about as much as she can do with a relatively limited role. There are long segments of the movie where she has no dialogue at all. Um, so I think to the extent that she could have done a good job with the role, she did a good job with the role. It's written in a very, very limited and narrow manner. I think missing from this film are some of the incredible set pieces that the first film had. And it's hard, for example, to think about the first Sicario without thinking about, I think, what is arguably its best scene, the uh, incredible crossing of the Mexico-U.S. border towards the United States uh, that results in just a phenomenally interesting and exciting shootout. I mean, when I think of Sicario 1, my mind instantly goes to that scene. The opening scene where they discover the house with the bodies uh, buried in the walls also comes to mind. And uh, the final scene uh, with Benicio Del Toro around the dinner table with uh, the drug cartel family. And again, that's just off the top of my head, but there's just three incredible scenes that really, really stand out. This movie does not have that the same way. There are one or two well-done action set pieces that look great and feel great, but they don't have the same impact, possibly because we've seen them before or possibly because the script isn't that well thought out. The big action set pieces in... Sicario, the first one, uh, tended to move the plot forward in ways that were exciting and interesting. Some of the big action pieces or shootout scenes in this movie move the plot forward, but not as much or result in a lot of faceless characters that you've never seen before and have no relation to getting shot on uh, you know, deserted Mexican highways, and it just doesn't quite have the same impact for the viewer. I imagine that most people who saw the first film are definitely going to see this film. Um, And again, I'm not sorry I saw it. I was very interested to see it. Um, They definitely leave the film open at the end for a third one. And I would not be surprised at all if there was a uh, third uh, film in the series. The budget for this one uh, was relatively modest, about $40 million, which I don't think will be very hard for them to recoup at the box office. And the way that this is uh, done, they could easily always come up with interesting stories about the endless crime uh, at the U.S.-Mexico border, drugs, human trafficking, concerns about terrorism. It's it's rich fodder for them to go ahead and keep making more movies. If they did make more movies, I assume that Del Toro and Brolin would probably eventually bail uh, as uh, the movie will descend into uh, the land of, you know, Bring It On 4 and 5. Um, One thing I will say, just to sort of uh, wrap up a little bit, is there are some jumps in time in this movie that are a little bit tricky for the viewer to follow. And I'm not going to give any big spoilers away, but there is a big jump in time at the end of this film that I think a lot of viewers are going to be left scratching their head about. It is unclear when it's happening. Are we going forward in time? Are we going back in time? If so, how much? How do the characters look the way they do? Why does their appearance look different? How did they arrive at this place, etc.? Again, I don't want to give that away. Uh, when you see the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But there is a scene in this movie that I think is going to be very, very hard for a lot of people to follow. Um, and I will not lie to you, I looked it up at the end of the film to see did the film jump forward in time or back in time because the characters' appearances were different. Um, and the answer was not what I was expecting. 
overall, I think um, a, a, an A for effort, um, a, a B for uh, product delivery. Again, it's hard to live up to such a good movie as Sicario. Um, I think that there's probably going to be more of these coming, and to be totally honest, I'll probably go and see them because I'm interested in stories about the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, again, a good, not great outing for Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Thanks, guys.